Welcome to FEPS Talks, the podcast series of the Foundation for European Progressive Studies. Find out more about us on feps-europe.eu. Hello, this is FEPS Talks, the podcast series of the Foundation for European Progressive Studies in Brussels. My name is Lancelot Ander, I'm the Secretary General of FEPS. And today we are recording this interview in Frankfurt, Germany, on the Polish border. So this is Frankfurt Oder, the Viadrina uh, University. And the reason we chose this university uh, for the interview is the fact that life has changed enormously here since the start of the war, the aggression of Russia on the Ukraine. I have the honor and the pleasure to be the guest of the director of the university, Julia von Blumenthal, who is going to explain the impact of the war and the arrival of refugees, a number of students, and what the university managed to do in this short period of time. Uh, Madam Rector, it's a pleasure to be here and uh, I thank you very much for your time. I believe it would be best to start with an explanation of the role and the profile of your university because then we will better understand why your response to this crisis was so unique and important. European University Viadrina was founded in 1991, so a little bit more than 30 years ago, and it was founded uh, with a political mission. It was founded with the mission of fostering the partnership and the mutual understanding between Poland and Germany. And it was also founded with the mission of contributing to European integration. So when we were founded, Poland was not a member of the European Union yet. So we collaborated very closely with Poland, with our Polish partners across the border. Across the border here in Frankfurt means is that you just walk over the bridge. Mm -hmm. This is really important to have in mind our ge geographical position. We are very close to the border. So when you are in Frankfurt, you just walk over the bridge, you are in Poland. And this, both, both the two cities are very closely connected. There is a, a very strong cross-border daily life. So when we started our work, of course, taking in Polish students was our most important task. We had in the beginning more than 30% Polish students. And still today, Polish students are the largest, largest group of our international students, but the share has gone down to 6% of the mm. student population. Mm. And why is this? This is because Polish students now, Poland being a member of the European Union, they can choose, they can go everywhere. So looking at this situation, we have kind of adjusted our strategy, our internationalization strategy. So many years ago, we decided that we hold on to our mission of building bridges in Europe, And building bridges in Europe after the Polish accession to the European Union means, together with our Polish partners, reach out, reach out of the European Union to the other European countries. So we started collaborating with uh, Ukrainian universities many years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, we have four partner universities in Ukraine. We have created a special program for student recruitment where we take in students from Ukraine, from other Central and Eastern European countries who are get a language program and other preparatory programs so that they are able to study in our study programs. And we also started an empowerment program for civil society organizations with a focus on Ukraine. So focusing on Ukraine was for us, as a European university situated at the German-Polish border, a very natural step. 
And now, of course, you can imagine that uh, February 24th really changed the life mm. at our university completely. We just sort of calmed down all the work on the corona pandemic. We have had less meetings on corona. And so now we started to have all these emergency meetings on Ukraine. We try to get in touch with our partner universities. Mm. And uh, of course, the very important task was here to help the large numbers of refugees from Ukraine upon their arrival in Frankfurt. It was wonderful to see how our students, how the uh, people of Frankfurt went to the station and they just welcomed the Ukrainians coming to Frankfurt and they tried to provide uh, accommodation and also help them just arrive here in Frankfurt and of course also help them when they wanted to travel further to Berlin. So it was, it was a very uh, immediate uh, response we, had, we just had to deliver because mm -hmm. we are here at the German-Polish border. So that February 24 was a shock probably to everyone in Europe, but it was a special situation for you with so many uh, important academic relations with Eastern Europe and specifically yeah. Ukraine. Yeah, and also uh, we have uh, 100, at that time we had 130 students and staff from Ukraine. So what I did in the first week after the Russian aggression to Green, I just convened our Ukrainian colleagues and students just to show them that we are there for them, that we listen to what they need in this situation. So for us, it was really something really personal, which uh, has a, a great influence on our university life uh, until today. Mm -hmm. And I suppose uh, when um, a, a war begins and suddenly so many refugees uh, come to Europe, I think in the first two months uh, it reached maybe about six million people mm -hmm. who left Ukraine towards the West through one of the four neighboring countries of the European Union. And um, this is a humanitarian situation. Mm -hmm. So there is a need for some kind of humanitarian assistance for those who left, but probably for also those who uh, remained in Ukraine, but how can you combine the humanita humanitarian support with the academic uh, connections? First of all, you can combine it by not only looking at the needs of daily life, but looking on how you can provide um, the Greens the opportunity to continue their life. Meaning, so if you are a student, if you are a young person finishing school, what you need is you need a place to study, to go on with your education. And of course, for, for researchers, it's important that, that they can continue their, their, their research. So what, what we did, we identified the study programs where we can immediately integrate uh, students from Ukraine be, because they are in English and many Ukrainians speak excellent English. Mm -hmm. uh, we also set up um, an additional uh, track in our college, our preparatory programs, which uh, meets the uh, special competences and needs of the Ukrainian um, students. So we were able to integrate in these um, first weeks after February 24th uh, 40 students into our programs, which doesn't sound much, but as a university with only around 5,000 students, this is quite a large number for us. And we also uh, welcomed our colleagues, um, colleagues, and of course, most of our colleagues, they were not new to us. They were already linked to colleagues here. They were part of research projects. So in the last month, we have welcomed um, 11 uh, colleagues from our Ukrainian partner universities who now continue their research being here at Viadrina based on scholarships. Are they all female? Because they supposedly are. men cannot leave Ukraine. We have one male colleague from okay. Ukraine who is here. 
I see. May I ask whether you also have Russian connection? Because uh, you, you mentioned that yeah. you already had um, a, a number of Ukrainian uh, students, perhaps also professors, but I suppose the university also has connections through mm-hmm. or towards Russia. But what happens to those who have been studying or perhaps teaching here? Those Russian students and colleagues who are here continue their study, they continue their work. Mm-hmm. And we make sure that they are not affected by the war and that they can live and work here with full respect. And of course, there are sometimes tensions in student dorms and we try to take care that these tensions are worked on properly and that the students can can live together with mutual respect. And what we see here is we also have colleagues who mirror the strong connections between Russia and Ukraine for generations. So some of them might have a Russian passport, but a Ukrainian family or the other way around. So you see the whole complex situation here at Viadrina and looking at what they think politically, they are clearly on the side of Ukraine. The, the situation is completely different for our partnerships with Russian universities. We have mm-hmm. uh, 15 Russian partner universities. 13 of the rectors of these universities signed the, the rector's declaration, which is the a repetition of all the lies of Putin on the war. Mm-hmm. And Seeing this happening, we decided to um, stop these, um, not to end it formally, but just to, to, to freeze it, to freeze the institutional relation. And we also went one step, step further than our national agency because we decided that we would not take in new exchange students for the summer term. Mm-hmm. So we had Russian students who had already been chosen, who were ready to go, and we decided no. Because and student exchange for me is a sort of an institutional partnership. Yes. But we clearly distinguish between institutional partnership and individual Russian students and scholars who are here and who are part mm-hmm. of our international academic community. Are you entirely autonomous in this or there is a German coordination nationwide mm-hmm. or uh, from Berlin somebody coordinating the academia, uh, the response of the mm-hmm. academia to uh, mm-hmm. the situation? We are autonomous, but we are acting within a framework. Framework, of course, is the sanction re- regime we have to observe, and also our national funding agency for international exchange, the DAAD, decided that no money is going to Russia anymore. So mm-hmm. this was a limit, and the, but they, as I said before, they said the they, they had less limits than we. So we could still have Russian colleagues or students coming to Germany, but we decided not to make use of this possibility. Exactly. The funding uh, is one um, issue I didn't want to forget mm-hmm. uh, because I, I normally ask uh, about funding, but it's very mm-hmm. important whether you have any kind of extra support in order to deal mm-hmm. with uh, and to cope with the yeah. situation. Um, with different kinds of, of, of extra support. Um, first of all, what really helps us a lot is the great flexibility that was introduced in the Erasmus funding mm-hmm. and also the additional funding. So the reaction from the Erasmus program was absolutely helpful and perfect. Mm-hmm. I, just, I, I think it's, it's important to say this. And also our, our DAAD uh, did what they could in, in making the funding more flexibly, uh, flexible. 
extending it to other universities where you didn't have partnerships and also to making it possible to move funds which were dedicated to exchange with Russia to the exchange with Ukraine. Mm -hmm. So this was first making the funds more flexible. And also um, we saw that uh, private foundations set up extra programs for scholarships very quickly, which was a great help. And now there is uh, there are more, more special programs coming, but what is now the critical question is what happens starting from next year mm-hmm. because of the uh, financial situation in Germany and the sort of returning focus on the, on the, on the uh, budget balance. Mm. So there's a kind of a question mark over the year 2023. But Germany can borrow, but that's another discussion. That's another discussion, yes, yeah. Yes, um, what I wanted to um, ask um, in this context, as you already pointed to the next year, that hopefully soon, but at some point there will be a ceasefire, if possible there will be some kind of peace. Do you foresee already a new chapter? in the academic relations? Because you mentioned that with four universities you had um, quite stable cooperation already, but in case we arrive to peace, which obviously is a wish of many of us, uh, we don't know when it comes and in what form, but potentially also because Ukraine is also a candidate uh, for EU membership, further convergence, harmonization and deeper cooperation Mm -hmm. uh, might be possible. I'm not so optimistic when it comes to a ceasefire or a peace within a short period of time. Um, and I think what, what you mentioned, working towards a greater convergence and strengthening the link to our Ukrainian partners is something we should not postpone until the situation when there is a ceasefire or even a peace. As I said before, we have four uh, partner universities, one in Kharkiv. This is still working, but it's working Mm -hmm. online. So teaching continues online. Our colleagues here who have a fellowship here still teach online in Kharkiv University. And uh, we have two partners in, in Kiev. This is the Kiev Mohila Academy and the Kiev School of Economics. And they both are very engaged in first in, in internationalizing their study program programs, in developing uh, joint programs with partner universities, and also in sort of staying into contact with these students who have left the country. So there is something we ha- can do now. We can Uh, work on joint study programs, we can work on bringing uh, together our our systems of education more closely and of course what is also important is is research. Mm-hmm. Joint research on Ukraine, strengthening the expertise on Ukraine. I think a number of the political decisions you can link, mm-hmm. link to a lack of expertise. Right. Maybe not in the sense that there were was no research but the research wasn't broad enough and it wasn't heard. Mm -hmm. So what we definitely need is more expertise on on Ukraine and we need to to start to develop this uh, or strengthen this this expertise now, not in a year or two. I see the point, absolutely. Um, But equally, can we not say that there is a need for more detailed knowledge on the Ukrainian side by the European Union? Because there's a great aspiration yeah. for membership. Absolutely. You yeah. can 
just like you know, 20 years ago in Hungary mm -hmm. or other East mm -hmm. Central European countries, a lot of ideas, stereotypes, uh, which might be true, might not be true. Mm -hmm. So there is um, also a very important task to kind of educate the new generation and bring them into the understanding uh, of what the EU is and what the EU is not. Absolutely. And I think uh, our scholars of uh, European law and of also on, on constitutional law who have already the experience of working together with Polish colleagues, colleagues over the last decades um, can now with the Polish colleagues together uh, work with Ukrainians on what it means to, to become a member of the Euro European Union and what it doesn't mean also maybe and how the, the law systems um, have to develop and what, what the acquis communautaire also, also means. I think there is a, a lot of expertise we have uh, from the earlier accessions to the European Union we, which we now have to transfer to the new situation. Um, let me ask the next question about again the Russian question. Mm -hmm. which is also a question of the language. So it's not only the state which mm -hmm. uh, we would need to reflect upon uh, due to this uh, terrible situation, but also, let's say, the, the linguistic and the cultural dimension. Because the Russian-speaking world is much bigger mm -hmm. than the Russian Federation itself. How do you see the future of, let's say, you know, cultural relations, uh, academic relations in this uh, regard? There is certainly a reaction today in Europe. You also mentioned that certain relations are frozen simply mm -hmm. because uh, uh, it's a necessity. But will this ever be unfrozen? Will this potentially change or come back in the future? I see it as two slightly different questions. The first question is will we have uh, research scholarship and maybe also study programs on Russia, on, on as you said, Russian-speaking cultural, literary history? And this, of course, can happen without official relations to the existing universities and research institutions in Russia at the moment, mm. because we do have the expertise here. And what I expect is also a growing number of scholars from Russia deciding to leave the country. Mm. We already had one or two co uh, colleagues who came here who decided that they can no longer work in their country because of the political situation. So what I see is that the, the expertise on Russia will continue to exist, at least in Germany. I'm, I don't know mm -hmm. how it is in, in other countries and I don't see a, a strong movement against this kind of research or scholarship or, or, or language training mm -hmm. because we, only, we, we, we need to have this knowledge, of course. The other question is what happens to the uh, scientific academic relations with Russia and institutions in Russia. And here I'm really pessimistic. Mm -hmm. I'm pessimistic because Russia now has decided to uh, leave the Bologna process. So they decided not to be part of the European area of higher education. Mm -hmm. and this, Was it after the war broke yeah, out? Yeah. Okay. It was very recent. Mm -hmm. And of course this is a, a strong symbol for uh, cutting the links to the European academic system. Yes. And as you said before, many um, academic institutions in Western Europe um, and in Germany as a general policy have frozen their relations to the academic institutions in Russia. And this means that uh, 
research programs in the future will be developed without Russia. Mm -hmm. So there will be, um, of course, there will be uh, problems for some parts of research who have been very, very, in very close um, cooperation, but now they will go move on and they will uh, foster the continue their research without Russia. So mm -hmm. I see it rather pessimistic. I see a loss of connections to the academic world in Russia for the next, I don't know, next years. Okay, so let's be realistic and um, indeed accept this reality that the war will continue for some time, the tensions will continue for some time, but that also means that we need to preserve this uh, sense of solidarity which somehow emerged from uh, the shock of uh, the aggression. Do you see among the students, among your colleagues, uh, Uh, some kind of more general lessons or uh, you know, new types of uh, activities, new types of uh, support, uh, which can then you know, energize the relations for the coming period? Solidarity has always been strong among our students. I mean, we had it after 2015, when we had uh, Syrian uh, and other refugees coming also to Viadrina, and we, we set up this college we are working with, still working with together. We had a very strong movement when it came to support uh, students from Belarus. Mm -hmm. It was a very short time ago, and now we have an even stronger movement yes. of solid solidarity towards Ukraine. So I'm, I'm quite confident with my students that their solidarity is great and that it's not diminishing. But I'm less optimistic when it comes to the general society, but because there is this um, saddening way of getting used to even a terrible war. And I think uh, how we can um, continue this sense of solidarity, especially when we, we look uh, forward to the next winter, when the consequences of the war will be shown even here uh, in energy prices, in continuing inflation. I'm not so optimistic that we can really uh, stay on the same level of solidarity. I'm, I'm a little pessimistic with that. I hope that our, our government is, is strong enough to make very clear that it's not about the Ukraine single nation state fighting against the Russian aggression. It's the European state, Ukraine, fighting for our values against the Russian aggression. So it's, it's more than just one nation state. So this is very important for me. And I hope that our government will be able to, to communicate this message to the population also in the upcoming month. And the other thing we, we have to be careful and have, uh, and have to watch is the different levels, level of solidarity when, to comes, when it comes to different groups of refugees. Mm -hmm. So what I, what I hear from my student is, especially the ones who are re really politically very um, active, that they, they compare what happened in 2015 mm -hmm. and the years afterwards and what happens now. And they see that so many people who were critical in 2015 are now very open. Of course, they value and they greet the, the openness towards Ukrainian refugees, but they compare. And there's one, one more point, uh, which is also important, is many of the programs and also the legal status differs whether you are a Ukrainian fleeing from Ukraine or whether you are from Belarus, have a Belarus Russian nationality or from whatever other countries have from the war. Mm -hmm. So there is uh, this difference between Ukrainian nationals and between nationals of, of third countries. And this is also something my students here see very clearly. 
and they question it. So why is it a difference whether you are a Belarusian student studying in Kiev or mm. in Kharkiv who now flees to Frankfurt rather than you are a Ukrainian student? So we really have to, to be careful and to address um, the differences between Ukrainian national students and the other students who have also flown from this terrible situation in the war. Indeed, uh, thank you so much uh, for this conclusion. I think it's a warning not only in the German context, mm -hmm. but also towards um, other countries in Europe and also those who want to somehow coordinate the European policies, uh, whether it's security or energy, but also the humanitarian mm -hmm. support towards the migrants, including now the students as well. Uh, Professor von Blumenthal, I'm really grateful uh, for your time and also for sharing the experience of Viadrina uh, with um, the FEPS audience and um, let's uh, hope that the realism which uh, you stress will at some point um, help us not only to understand the situation but also come forward with um, the right response uh, with solidarity and um, a humanitarian conviction uh, in the current situation but also in the longer term future. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for your attention. If you found our conversation interesting, do not hesitate to share it on social media with the hashtag FEPSTalks. More is yet to come. Stay tuned. <laughs>